Junaid helps those without degrees figure out the opportunities that are available to them. This episode, you'll learn how to succeed without a degree, as well as how to get the most out of LinkedIn. I have a degree, right? So I have an undergrad in applied mathematics and economics, and I have a master from Columbia University in actuarial science. So I worked as an actuary for a few years. Now, I have a degree, but for the thing is, a lot of people who are good at things don't realize that other people aren't good at those things. Like a lot of people who are good at school don't understand like why other people are not good at school. And just same thing. So I have enough self-awareness to understand that, look, I had parents who cared about education actually a little too much to the point that it was like, oh, you got a 98. Why didn't you get a hundred? Or you got a hundred. This kid got a 103. Why don't you get the extra credit? It, you know, to a point that I just ignore what they say. Like, I just was like, look, I'll do what I need to. But, you know, after a certain time, you get diminishing returns. Like, each additional point above a 95, you have to work that much harder when that time can be better spent elsewhere, right? It's like this perfection, right? So for me, like when I went to school, like I started getting really good at school after like the third grade, right? And I started doing really well. And at that point, it was like, okay, it's me and the other kid. Who's going to finish first, right? I wasn't competing to like, I knew I was already at the top of class. Now it was like, that's where I was at. But the thing is, and I've studied, I've had study buddies over the years and who are also very smart. But I remember there were instances where, I'd someone would study before me. Yeah. I'd go to their house. We studied. I'd leave whatever, let's say an hour. They studied more and I still beat them on the test. Now, at that point, it's not a matter of like work ethic and stuff. Some people are just naturally better at certain things. Like now, look, I'm not saying I'm a genius or anything because I've been in classes where like I'm struggling and the kids on the iPad the whole time. And when the teacher makes a mistake, he's like, hey, professor, you're wrong. And he goes back to his iPad. Right. Yeah. Different people are just better at different things like and. For education, what happens is if you're not good at education, especially among certain cultures, you're just devalued. You're like, mm. you're stupid, you're, you don't contribute to society, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Look at a doctor and look at, judge them. Like, you don't judge a fish by its ability to fly or a bird by its ability to swim. You take someone outside of their areas of expertise, they tend to struggle. They tend to drown, right? You tell a doctor, there's some, like, doctors who don't know how to change their tires, mm. right? Whereas like a mechanic can do it in their sleep. So that's like what no degree is about. It's like, don't value someone over their weak points, value them by their strengths. Yeah. And so do you help people to find their strengths? Is that kind of what no degree yes. is about? So no degree is several parts, right? So no degree.com is like the general website where you can go in, you can learn about different career tips. You can learn about careers that don't require degrees, kind of get more informed because a lot of you, you probably seen this in the career space. Most people only know of like seven jobs, like yeah. when they're growing up, like doctor, lawyer, engineer. And then only when they get a job, they're like, wow, there's like level one, there's level two, there's this many people, what type of doctor, what type of this, right? There's careers really cover a lot. Mm. So that's one issue, right? That a lot of people just don't know so much about careers, right? Yeah. Like even like, uh, I want to be an accountant. Okay, you want to work for a big company, small company, private, public, government, all these things are different. Which part are you working? Compliance, audit, tax. Yeah. It goes so much and just there's so much complexity with jobs. So I want to introduce people. A lot of people just don't know about these careers that pay well. It's like, okay, hey, you know, you can make great money editing podcasts. You can make great money editing video, right? Yeah. And then even within video, there's so many domains. Like, do you edit commercials? Do you edit movies? Do you edit music videos? They each have a different flavor. Yeah. 
So I want to introduce people to the opportunities that are out there and then mm. they can figure out, hey, you know what? I want to go down this route. I want to go down this route. So I help people get started. I have a podcast called a no degree podcast where I interview people without college degrees and have them share their stories because oftentimes how did this person break into Google without a college degree? Yeah. How did this person break into this, start their own company? And then you learn like, hey, at 18, they did this. And, you know, they share their mistakes. They share what they would have done. And they give advice on what they would do differently today. Because sometimes there are some people who've gone into these companies, but they did it in 2000. It's different right now. Yeah. There are other ways. And sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's harder. And mm. industries change. So, you know, there are certain things that you, skills you had in the 2000s that you can't do. Right. And then, you know, there are skills today that will be, sort of be less, you know, less common in the marketplace. And there are new skills that will be appearing, especially in the world of technology in the next five years. Yeah, I, I must admit, one major thing that a lot of people kind of bang on about is, is property. 20 years ago, or maybe even earlier, 15 years ago, you could yeah. go to the bank and be like, hey, I would like to buy a house, please, sir. And they're like, yes, of course, here's money. And then you go, thank you, my friend. I'm going to go and buy a house. It was as simple as that. There was none of this. Oh, yeah. how much do you earn? What's your yeah, your, yeah. Your, your, your your job? All this kind of stuff. It was basically like, I would like to buy that house. And they go, yes, here you go. Yeah. But then we had the financial crisis and where mm. a lot of that became unraveled. But some people, yes, they went and bought one house and you know they had enough money to maintain it. So they didn't end up losing it in the yeah. financial crisis. But other people, what I call more savvy people, went, wait, the bank's just giving out money. Let me go buy like five houses and yeah, rent yeah, them yeah. out to people. And those people have a, an unfair advantage now over yeah. other people. No, it's crazy because here's the thing I, I tell people that unfair advantage is it, crazy, man. It's yeah. something that it's hard to catch up. Like if you are a lap behind, mm. not only do you have to go at the same speed, you have to like catch up and make up the difference. And yeah. then you got to make sure while the person's just cruising. Yeah. But th that's the thing. So these people that have had these opportunities, you look at them, you go, oh man, I'll never get to that. And it's like, well, that person may not know how to use a computer. Whereas, you know, me and you and other yeah. people around our age group or people that are younger will know how to use a computer. And yeah, property makes money, but you can make a lot more money doing something tech-based. Like yeah. every week I seem to see somebody who sold a, a tech thing or, you know, made yeah. a, a thing and then somebody sold it to somebody else. I'm just always like, how? Do you know what I mean? Not even, yeah. not even why, but how? How are people just buying things for these mad multiples when it's just one guy sat on a computer like typing like this all day? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, here's the thing. It's like people make money however way and then they want to expand right they want to acquire these companies because it adds value to their current company it adds a different domain sometimes it's larger companies who are like you know mailchimp got bought out for 12 billion recently and buy into it right so that's the accounting TurboTax software and stuff so you know they they're probably gonna think of like how can we integrate this in part of our technology stack you know who knows maybe they were paying mailchimp a ridiculous amount per year <laughs> they're like all right Just we're buying for 12 billion but we're we're paying like 500 million a year in mailchimp services why don't we just bring it in house yeah right now it makes sense and do you know what i i, I want to know your perspective on this i feel like a lot of people now are always trying to make a company to scale it big and sell it big rather than making yeah. a business that they can kind of work in yeah and it, it's it's somewhat sustainable in, in the regard of you make your own time, you do your own thing, and you're yeah. making, you know, that's, that's just for the, the fact of simplicity, we're making six figures a year, which is the, the golden yeah. ticket. What's your yeah. view on that? Are you a fan of the whole scale and sell or the sustainability? No, I'm method? not, look, I'm not a fan of that. 
look to each their own, right? I'm not gonna knock someone for doing that. Mm. I I generally look. So I'm a bootstrap company, mm. and the main reason I want because I'm a very mission driven person and a mission right. based. Look, if I make 500k a year or 700k a year, at the after that point, to me it's like the same. Look, I'll I'll probably do more with 700, but yeah. there's nothing like. I'm still going to be freaking happy when I make half a million dollars a year, yeah. right? So these type of things. And, you know, I'm – and I also don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to get funding because once you get funding, it's a totally different game. Now it's – it doesn't matter how nice your investors are, how much how mission-driven they are. Once someone gives you money, they, they're like, hey, they're giving you money because they want to make money, mm. right? And – they have a timeline like, hey, I want to make my money back in typically seven years is a time frame and I want to yeah. make X percent. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, why are you doing this? Like, I help a lot of people for free. Yeah. If I have investors, they'll be like, why are you why, why aren't you charging for that? Mm. Why are you working with that? Why are you working with this uh, kid who does, who you know, who's who's a dropout, who's not going to pay you anything when you could be working with this guy or this group that's paying you $3,000? And it's like, look, that's who I am. That's yeah. why. Because at the end of the day, I want to serve those who don't have a chance right who don't have a voice i don't necessarily look i'd love to make you know i obviously i do serve some people who are paying decent amounts and i do serve some groups but i don't want to do it at the expense mm. of forgetting about a demographic mm. that's you know largely been ignored and historically been looked down upon so that's my thing i'm not a big fan and i just don't like the the investing space when it comes to companies every time you go in pitch presentations you have to have an exit plan mm. And it's like, I don't have an exit plan. My thing is just to keep growing it, my impact more people. My exit plan is I don't want to sell. Like, my partners call me crazy. They're like, look, if you had an offer of a billion dollars, would you sell? I was like, no, you know, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Right. To me, it's look, obviously, it would be tough to say no because I don't, that's a life changing amount of money. But also, the fact is, if someone's offering you that much, you're at a point where you're making serious thing and there's a lot of potential. And I was yeah. like, no one's going to offer me a billion right now. So for me, it's like, I care about the mission. I care about this. And after a certain point of money, it doesn't matter. I care about having the impact and really changing the current system. That's what drives me. Yeah. And what made you kind of start this mission? What made you kind of wake up and go, do you know what? I need to help people that don't have degrees or have no you know, ability to get yeah. a degree to, to make decent money. So I was on Reddit. You know Reddit? Love Reddit. I'm there all the time. Yeah. So I've been on, I have like a 13-year-old username or maybe, yeah, 13 years. I have okay. like a trophy for that. So I've yeah. been on Reddit since high school. I'm 30 years old, but I've been on it since like 15. I made a username after like the first two years. I lost one of my so, Reddit accounts. I trolled too hard on it and it got deleted. Uh, damn, <laughs> that sucks. So I, someone asked in Ask Reddit, for those of you without a college degree, how many, what job do you have at, and how'd you get the job? Yeah. And this was April 2014. Mm. So I looked at the answers and it was like, I'm a claims adjuster. I'm a surveyor. Yeah. I'm this. I'm in this union for installing these windows. I'm in this elevator repair person. And think about it. None of these jobs, like no one grows up and says, I want to be a claims adjuster when I grow up. I yeah. want to be a surveyor when I grow up. Yeah. Right. And then it was like, how'd you get the job? All the answers were my cousin, my uncle, my teacher, my neighbor. Mm. It was all right place at the right time. Yeah. And then, you know, I think about, I was like, why can't I be that cousin or uncle? Why can't I be that friend mm. that helps them? You know, and it wasn't because they were just, it was just right place, right time. Yeah. They knew the right thing. And then there's so many, so much opportunity where it's like, hey, if you know about this place and you go sign up, you walk in on the right day, you'll get it. But the fact is, I see so many people who are getting paid minimum wage working at a McDonald's or a Dunkin' Donuts who have no issue doing the work. It's just they don't know. They don't know any better. This is what they know. This is what was available to them. So I 
you know, I really wanted to change it. it a lot of it's a lack of knowledge, right? Because once you know, right? I've seen people like I knew this one kid, right? And before, right? He has a very great job now, but he used to be a caddy. Yeah. Right. A golf caddy. And mm. it's like, dude, I don't know anybody. He he just knew like this one older guy told him, he's like, yo, this is a good way to make money. You could make some, you know, and, you know, he'd do that during college and this and that. And it's like, again, oftentimes it's like you if you you need to have that network, you need to have someone older hook you up. So I kind of wanted to change that. I kind of wanted more accessibility. Yeah. And so when you decided that, OK, cool, I'm going to be that person who's going to be here to help people out and make sure that they can get the right kind of jobs and the the right kind of knowledge. You decided to start from the, the the so-called beginning of that, which is helping them get the right kind of stuff on their CV or even just formatting their CV in the right kind of way. No, so it's actually started, I was like, I want to create content because mm. right now you have to know about these jobs, right? So you're not going to check out a welding website unless you know welding is available as a career. So first I want to introduce, so we have a decent amount of content and we want to keep on creating lots of content because there are a lot of resources out there, but they're not good at marketing themselves or it's just, you have to like filter the resources. So that's what I wanted to do first. So 2014, I think I was working a lot, a lot of it, you know, the first few years and I've spent a lot of time on Reddit. Mm. It was actually just researching the business model, figuring out how we can make money, just learning a lot about careers. And then I figured, I could approach employers to post jobs, right? That's yeah. the one way to make money. And then I quit my job in 2018, August 2018. It's been three about three years since then. I was broke for like 15 months. Like I didn't make any money. Yeah. And then I started making money at the end of 2019. Right. And then once I started making money, I, I started making money by doing, you know, the CV. In US, we call it resumes. So started doing resumes. CV is like the longer four or five page whatever version yeah. so i started doing resumes and then i did a lot for free and you just learn a lot from there so i you know helping them format it helping them understand how to set the form you know it's interesting i've done resumes for all types of people like i've done it for lawyers doctors yeah. pharmacists like i'm working with a lawyer right now so it's giving me a big perspective but the main thing for all resumes you need to show what you've done and highlight what you've accomplished. Yeah. And that's really it. And most people complicate it too much. Mm. It's a very specific form of writing. Like, give them straight to the point. Tell them what you did and what you accomplished. But it's hard for a lot of people because the value where I come in is I interview them for three to five hours and I write it in front of them. So it's really like I have to, like, put it. Because most people either put too little or too much. Mm. You have to put just the right amount that they're like, okay, this is what I need to know. I need to talk to Sam. Mm. Yeah, you need to leave that, that little bit of intrigue in them so that they can kind of well, go. Well, it's not, it's not intrigue. It's just you need to give the most important things. Like, think about a commercial. Mm. You don't need to know. It doesn't need to be a technical manual. It just mm. needs to be like the 30 seconds so they're like, okay, this is what I need. So you you want to know, show them what you did. So then when they call you to the interview, they're like, how'd you do this? How'd you save the company $20 million? How'd mm. you save up 40 hours a month, right? That's enough that yeah. they're like, hey, you've done the right things. I I... You, I want you to do that for me. Yeah. And how did you get this this skill of of understanding what needs to be on a CV versus what doesn't need to be on a CV? Honestly, I so I had a decent amount of knowledge just because I, when I do things, I Google, I search. Mm. So I, I had a decent amount of knowledge. Honestly, I used to browse LinkedIn mm. and every from a post, I take one or two things, mm. one or two things from this post. You know, same thing. You take one or two things from a comment. Mm. You keep doing it. And then eventually my friend, he was charging a great amount. He was charging like two to three thousand for CVs. Yeah. And then he was he filled in all the gaps mm. that I had. So I knew, let's say I knew like 90%. Mm. 
he filled in that last 10%. Right. And then he helped me understand. And then eventually you keep doing it. I did a lot of work for free. The people I did work for free got results. Mm. Then I started charging and I started $100 and 150 200 300 And, you know, I mean, for most college students, I charge 300 You know, most people entry level 300 yeah. But now it's like the lawyers and stuff. That's like the 500 to 1000 and why why do lawyers and people that are already you know let's let's be honest yeah in the in the world's view they're successful people why do they come to you and how do they get to you linkedin linkedin yeah so linkedin they find me because again i i tell people i do resumes for people of all background and the reason they come to me is because i have a very unique process mm. in that most cv writers they just say hey give me a list of jobs you like i'm gonna fill out this questionnaire and i'll write you a cv mm. but the fact is they come to me because i interview them i teach them how to write their own resume while writing it in front of them mm. so they understand if they need to customize they understand what's important what's not and all mm. that so that's why they come to me and again i have like close almost a hundred i have like 90 uh reviews on my linkedin profile so i just tell people look i'll give you 15 minutes i'll tell you what you need to do but usually in those 15 minutes i tell them way more than anybody else has told them yeah right and they like the process so that's why they come to me it's like the only ones i don't do are tech technical resumes my business partners do them because they understand technology a lot more than me right yeah no fair enough because do you know what's funny i feel like at the moment there's a lot of this kind of oh start a side hustle type thing start a side hustle type yeah yeah, thing. yeah and you know resume writing is one of them that that comes yeah, up mo let me tell you most resume writers suck this is <laughs> what i was about to get to it's either this or amazon fba or do trading yeah, yeah. and it, you know most people that, that do these type of things are, are scammy and yeah they are scammy and and you know if you ask anybody that's that's scammy they go, oh no no we're not scammy but in your yeah. regard as in I, you know obviously i've let you speak most for a little while you, yeah you're describing what you do you're describing how you do it and it's like yeah, this makes sense. And then even the fact that you said, look, I don't even do technical resumes because I can't. These people will tell yeah. you they can do a CV for anything. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And look, the reason I can do a CV for almost anything outside of technical is because here's the thing. They have all the knowledge required for the resume. Mm. I have to get it out of them. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm interviewing them. They know everything they've done. I just know the structure and I know the specific form of writing. Yeah. And even then, it's like, I, I again... I'll tell people, look, I haven't done this type of resume. I won't charge you as much. And usually I say, look, I'll charge you ha like the way. I Let me tell you another reason why people use me. Let's say I'm charging someone six to seven hundred dollars. I'll say, hey, pay three hundred before we start working. Mm. And you pay the second three hundred if and only if you're satisfied and mm. you like the level of work I provided. Yeah. So then they're like, oh, if, and I say, look, I could talk a big game, but you feel like, oh, wow, he just, this is high school level stuff. Yeah. And for people who are new in industries, they'll be like, look, I like you, but you haven't done this. I'll be like, look, you pay the rest when you get a job or when you start landing interviews. So then it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not taking risks. Like, mm. they're paying a minimum amount. Like, it's still going to get them somewhere. And then, so that's like another reason that people use me. So it's like, if I didn't interview them, like, I can't do a resume in an hour. Yeah. Like, for a new industry, I can't because, mm. you know. Yeah, fair enough. And and have you ever kind of helped people get placed in a job type thing? I feel like that's normally like a, a coupled package is help you write no, the, so, the CV or the resume and then get yeah, them a job. Yeah, so in my thing, in my package, I teach them how to find jobs. I teach them how to network. I teach them how to be efficient with their time. I teach them the cover letter strategy, networking strategy, how to get referrals. I, I do all that. Because here's the thing. If I told you to jump across a 10-foot river and you jump nine feet, mm. you would drown. Yeah. Same thing with the job. You could do 90% of the right things, but if the, the few 10% that you're missing, 
can hold you back. Like I've had people in 15 minutes, I'll be like, hey, wow, your CV's good. Just make these changes and do this. And all of a sudden they land more interviews. Mm. So it's like, you know, for people who are doing the right thing, I just reject that. I'll be like, look, here's what you need. Or, hey, here's a sample, you know, CV. You can get it done. So that's like, you need to incorporate all that because in order for my clients to get results yeah. and make me look good, yeah. I have to equip them with all the knowledge. You could have the, per like people say, I just need a resume. I don't need any of that. They'll be like, hey, I'm not right for you because that's a key component. You could have the perfect resume, but if you only apply to like four jobs, yeah, dude, it doesn't matter how, close you match them you don't know they could have hired already they could be like i can't pronounce this guy's last name i'm not gonna interview him mm. they could be like oh hire someone internally and they legally post it you know all these things like mm. you know it's a it, it is a numbers game you know it's not like you just go apply to four jobs you get four interviews that doesn't happen to people yeah and okay so i have a a, a little like not a troubleshoot thing but like a, no, go ahead, go a ahead, few go. things that i like to well i'd like to ask you what yeah. do you think of pictures on CVs? Because I've had no, a lot of people apply for jobs from the no, Philippines and they have you. pictures, their height, their weight. And I'm like, why Why would I need all this? No, no, no. Let me tell you something. A lot of companies, like Google gets 50,000 resumes a week. Yeah. So you know that there's software involved. Yeah. Like, hey, if I'm hiring for a podcast engineer, mm. there are filters for past companies that they worked at, all that stuff, right? Mm. Now, think about this. How can a like how can a computer scan a picture effectively and what does that even tell them? Mm. Right? It doesn't tell them anything. That's what your LinkedIn profile is for. Mm. You're gonna Google things. So every person who I've seen puts a picture, once they format their resume automatically, they're like, I got no interviews, now I'm getting interviews. So don't put unless it's the local custom, unless they say that. Mm. But that's what your LinkedIn profile is for. Put a link to your LinkedIn profile URL in your thing. The mm. resume again, they're only looking at it for six seconds on average maybe mm. if they like you they're looking at it for 10 to 20 seconds do you want them to spend like two to five seconds looking at your picture yeah you know, it, up, again it's taking up space yeah and you don't know like if they print it you don't know if they're looking on your phone how it's going to appear all these things they just don't it's it's not effective mm. and, and you're a fan of the the one page resume I'm no, no 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 so i'm a f so the resume needs to be as long as it needs to be all right one to two pages. Now, one page, if you don't have a lot of experience and stuff, yeah. and it's all about relevancy. Like, for example, if you have 12, 10 to 12 years of experience, you've worked at big companies, you've had like three different jobs, and mm. you got promotion, you're not going to fit down on one page, mm. right? And most recruiters are fine with up to two pages. Yeah. Now, if you can't tell your story in two pages, that's a different issue. Mm. And for some certain things like government, they need longer resumes for, you know, academic CVs and all that. Yeah. It's just, look, don't make it two pages because I'm telling you that I worked at Popeyes when I was 14 years old. Like that's not relevant in <laughs> yeah. my staging career. But you know I can't fit mine on one page. And the people who now look here's the other thing about resumes and CVs. You ask 100 different people what they think, you get 120 different answers. Mm. Right? It's just same thing. You you ask a logo, show a logo to 100 people, you're gonna tell you so many different things. Yeah. What you have to do is you have to follow best practices. Mm. Don't focus on pleasing one person unless that person says, hey. I'm going to give you a referral and you need to do these things. Then you got to listen. But right. the fact is don't please that one person and then piss off 10 others. Yeah. Like there's some people who are going to say, do this. I mean, you know, in podcasting, there's some people who are going to say, use this mic, use that mic. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to focus on, Hey, do I have a good show? Do I have good content? Do I have that? that? So same thing with the resume focus on, does it make sense? Does it have relevant info? They're only going to look at it for X amount, two pages. I have eight years of experience. Two pages is okay. Right. So, 
generally one to two pages is going to vary from person to person. Yeah. To be honest, I'm trying to get to a space and a kind of operating level where I don't have to use a CV. And I feel like I'm already there. The reason no, why... You know, I'm going to tell you, you should always have it. Oh, you yeah, I why? have one. And I keep it up to date. But I'm saying that as in, I want... Obviously, where I'm running a business, it's like people come to my business because they trust my business. Yeah, they yeah, know the quality look, of my work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But you know, I'm going to tell you something funny. I've been asked for a resume here and there. For random stuff. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Probably good paying stuff as well. They just want it. Yeah. You know, they just want it. And you know what it is? Sometimes they have to give you an introduction to someone else. Like they love you. Yeah. But they have to give you an introduction to... So each time your resume gets passed along, it lose, you lose some social capital. Mm. Like unless it's your brother who's mm. going to vouch for you, they're not going to vouch for you the same way that a family member would. Right? All, right? all that happened is that, that your CV is forwarded to somebody else. It's go, forwarded this to is someone so else. And so, yeah. This is so-and-so. Now the thing is, if you have a good CV, mm. when they forward it, they're like, oh, wow, yeah. You said good things. This is good. You got know what I mean? So in that sense, you still want to have a decent one. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be decent enough that they see it. They're like, you know, because again, if you send something to your friend and it's bad, they're going to feel embarrassing forwarding it. They're going to have to spend more time justifying why they're sending it. Like, oh, no, trust me, I did this. You know, you know what I mean? So it's in those situations, you'd be surprised that sometimes some people just ask for it. But again, it just makes things easy. Like, hey, here's some things. You want some info on my background? And that's why it's like the website's very important. Mm. But again, it does come in handy here and there. And you just never know. Sometimes you're just like, wow, this is a crazy job. Like, is this a real job? I get to... I get to be a podcaster and I get paid for it. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, you know, and it just helps. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. And what's your view on cover letters? Because I feel personally, I I, I know most people will see that, oh, yeah, here's a job. Oh, write a cover letter. And they're like, yeah, forget no, that. No, no, no. Forget <laughs> that. So I'll tell you, here's the honest truth. Only 25% of people read cover letters. Mm. Somewhere about 38 to 50% of people care about cover letters. Mm. Now, Here's the thing. Don't spend a crazy amount of time because if there's a 75% chance that something's not going to work mm. and it eats up a good amount of time, why would you do it? Mm. Right? So what you want to do is have a template that you slightly customize. Don't spend too much time on it. And then you do it. Now, here's the thing. Because I've seen top recruiters are like, I've never read a cover letter. Mm. You know? So, but the type of people who care about cover letters are going to be like, oh my God, Sam didn't write a cover letter. He's going to freaking burn down the place. This guy has no work ethic. He doesn't care. Mm. They just assume. And that's why they suck. They, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Same thing. It's like they just assume things. Oh, you don't have a degree. Therefore, he must not care. They don't know. So he, in general, like write it, but don't go. Don't write. Don't spend 30 minutes on it. Like, dude, people are not going to read everything you write. Right. And uh, it's just not unless you're going for a highly targeted position. So mm. you have to use your judgment and be smart with your time. Yeah. So what, what do you include in a, a cover letter? So the template that you would have, what, what do you have in that? template look it's just i tell there are two things you need in a cover letter you need to show that you read the job description mm -hmm. so it has to be relevant like you can't apply for like a video editor and you're talking about all your podcasts you know yeah. it's only focused on podcasts it has to be like hey talk about the visuals and all that mm. so that's that so show you know what you're applying for show how you read the job description, show how your skills are relevant and you know give some accomplishments like hey what xyz and show that you did a little research on the company like hey you know I, i'm really i'm looking I'm a podcaster with XYZ experience today. I published, you know, 200 episodes. I'm ranked this high on Apple. I'm doing XYZ. Mm. One of the things I attracted, you know, and typically like half page cover letters or less. Like that's what you want to do. Like a half page. Don't go crazy. And then kind of say, hey, one of the things that attracted me to the company is that you're a growing company, that you have a good staff, that you value diversity and inclusion, and that you're supporting artists. And that's the type of company I work for. Mm. If they read it, cool. You check the box. If not, 
right? Because here's the thing. You're better off time spending messages to people as your cover letter. Mm. You know, like, hey, send a message to a hiring manager and get a conversation going. Be like, hey, I'm really interested in the position. You know, I'm more than open to a 15-minute conversation where, you know, we can discuss whether or not I'm a good fit. Something like that. That has a higher response rate than a cover letter. Yeah. So you are arguably one of the most active people on LinkedIn that I've, I've yeah, yeah, come yeah. across. I, If I go on my LinkedIn, normally the first two, three posts is you commenting or reacting yeah, to dude, somebody's post. I, I comment like crazy. I do like a hundred comments a day. Yeah. And they're not, they're not, I, well, I feel like they're not copy pasted. They feel like genuine responses. No, no, they are, dude. I don't copy and paste because, dude, there's like some people who just like, absolutely, thank you. Great post. And here's the thing. It's like, look, I'm here to add value and mm. I want to make sure that like people see that it's a conversation. I don't want them to think like, because you know, there are pods and inorganic engagement things and you see all the posts. Great post. Amazing. You're amazing. Cool. Mm. Ah, uh, but it's like I, I like to give my thoughts and I like to support people. I mean, I, I wish I could write paragraphs, but, you know, I also have to be like time. You know, I'm trying to yeah. spread them out. But, yeah, no, I'm all about supporting people because I'm only where I am because of people who supported me. Yeah. So when did you kind of decide to become so active on LinkedIn? Because I think I've had you on LinkedIn for nearly a year now. But I yeah. found you in someone else's comments and you were just in there. Yeah. And I feel like we had a bit of a dialogue. No, two, and so it's two and, a half, two and a half years of being active on LinkedIn. And I'll tell you my journey. So I used to, so I have no degree D-O-T-C-O-M as a username on Reddit. That's, yeah. uh, that's the company one. I used to give a bunch of job advice, but let me tell you something. No one looks at the username yeah. on Reddit. Like no one looks at it. So mm. it would lead to no traffic. And it's like, look, I love to help people for free and I don't mind, but I also need a way to get traffic and yeah. stuff like that. So then I was like, all right, Reddit's not working. Then I was like, all right, let me try Quora. So yeah. I was getting some views in Quora, but it wasn't translating to traffic. And then Quora, some of these answers, like, damn, these people are like crazy professional. Writing like, mad essays on there, man. Because I was doing the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm, it, this is not going to work. Right. Yeah. It, and then I, then I was like, wow, I realized organic reach was high on LinkedIn. It still is. I was like, why not LinkedIn? Because I was like, here's the thing on LinkedIn. They see my picture. It's tied to my profile. They could see my website. They see my headline. And I was like, all right, that's the perfect place. And then that's where HR people hang out. That's where job seekers hang out. And I was yeah. like, it's a social media network, but it's a professional social media network. So it's I'm at the right blend. So that's yeah. why I was like, all right, I'm going to comment like crazy on LinkedIn. And then, you know, the beauty is it's like I, I get to support what I value and who I want. And I get to support those people around me. So mm. I was like, that's kind of and I kept doing it, man. It's like you hold on. Let me. I'm going to show you my screen time for LinkedIn, like just this week. And it's, again, it's this doesn't even include hours and hours, man. Yeah. So look, it doesn't even include the um, the desktop. What does that say? Does it say 12 hours? 13, 13. hours. Jesus. 13 hours. And look, I'm even on Twitter five hours. And then you see? Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm grinding. That, I had the same res um, realization probably... Mm at the beginning of the pandemic because I started my yeah. business then I was like right well I'm not going to be out in the world meeting people I guess I need yeah, to get yeah. busy on LinkedIn and when I say get busy I was like if there's yeah. a limit to the amount of people I can add in a day I need to hit that every day yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not on a, a vibe of like oh yeah this person this but like I'm picking people based yeah, off yeah, a yeah, certain criteria and yeah. it's not like oh this person could be a client this person it's like no this person yeah. is like a C-level employee this yeah, person yeah, yeah. is a manager at this and yeah I went on that kind of mad journey, but then I I, I fucking slacked. I got clients yeah, yeah. and I gave up. Or not gave up. I uh, just you slacked. gotta keep be consistent. You know, yeah. here's the thing, like I've never stopped the consistency. Mm. Like, no matter what, maybe I post let, but no matter what, I've always kept up the comments. And what ha ends up happening is 
now I get a lot of business through referrals. Mm. Like that's how I get some of these clients. They're like, yo, you're the resume guy. I've heard your thing. Let's go. Let's get it moving. Mm. So it, it it's important. And here's the beauty of LinkedIn, dude. I don't even have to go in person. I like sit on my couch and like just type in comments all day in between. Yeah. Like while I'm waiting for food, I'm typing up comments while I'm mm. chilling, while I'm commercials. So it's like, it's the beauty. I mean, I still look, I, I still value in-person networking, but it's like, now it's like, do I want to go drive this and that? But I could just sit on the couch and be on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, most definitely. And, and that's, that's the main reason why I know who you are, because you sometimes you add people. And if you're like me and you don't post a lot, which we'll be changing soon because everybody yeah, yeah. I've spoken to is like, you need to post more, you need to post more, yeah, especially yeah, with yeah. this podcast, you know, use it. But you comment so much. And it's like, every time I see your comment, I know this is going to be a good post. So, cause you know, sometimes you scroll and you see the, yeah, the regular yeah. posts and some people are trying yeah, to yeah. post memes and jokes and that's it. Oh, Okay, yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time to focus in. So that yeah, what yeah. normally happens, I read your comment, then I go read the post, and even if I don't interact with it, like your comment or anything, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is good content. It must. Yeah, be. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because look, he, me, it's like I care about content integrity. Mm. I try not to engage. Like I try not to argue online. Unless, you know, I'll make a point, kind of leave, only because you know how it is. Argue online, you you know, it goes crazy, and I just try to add value, and I I don't comment on reposted videos mm. i don't like that stuff because i want to make sure that look if someone's following me look once in a while it's like damn that's my good friend mm. i'll support it. but in general if someone you know stolen i consider stolen content if you repost a video from facebook that's stolen content like mm. you know i saw one guy he was like he got 300 million views on linkedin every comment was just a video that went viral on instagram it's like dude that's not yours you can if you post it yourself you'll get nothing i'm always wondering how they find these videos so late these videos are like they're from like 10 years ago yeah, it's like, dude, it's look like at dude, this dog dude, look, it saved its owner i'm like what dude, well, how have you, you found they, this today no you know what they do they go on reddit they look at what was most upvoted in the past year, past yeah. year. And that's kind of how they do it. Ah. So they've known this guy in post. They've known that. And it's yeah. like, dude, man, I've been on Reddit. I So I see it on Reddit. I see it go to Facebook, you know, because usually Reddit is where it starts. Yeah, right? almost like, definitely I, all the time. And so it's, it's just lazy. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, that's not what I want to do. Look, have I sacrificed followers? Yeah. But it's like, I don't want to gain followers if I'm reposting someone else's cat videos. I want to make sure that if I'm getting followers, they're following me for what I believe in and this and that. Because people, so many people do a bait and switch. They'll grow that way. And now it's like, oh, I'm at, I know some people. Oh, now that I half a million or whatever, 100K, 200K. Now it's like, all right, now I got to post my business, but it's crickets. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, you got these followers who are so used to cat videos. They, they're not going to spend dollars on you, man. Yeah, no. Because it's like, okay, cat video, cat video, a little bit of a meme here. Okay, and buy my course. It's like, sir, we did not come yeah, here for yeah. courses at all. Like, we don't even, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. need you. We have good jobs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I, to be honest, I don't think I've seen any of your own posts on LinkedIn at all, but I've definitely seen a lot of your comments. So, what do you post on LinkedIn? What is your, like, do you have like a strategy for content? I'm a clown, dude. Mm. So, so I, mi I mix it up, man. So, like, I made a poll the other day. I was like, can your boss rotate a PDF? And the reason I did it, again. Because a lot of people got. <laughs> no, you know, and, and again, it's a joke. But I also try to have jokes that tie into, that point out some absurdity. Yeah. Because oftentimes I see so many times you have these bosses that are incompetent and they get these roles and they're so out of touch. And that's why I asked. Not, yes, the funny, the joke aspect, but it's also that dude, it's 2021, you can't go, like there's literally rotate PDF, you go on the first link and it'll rotate your PDF for you. Mm. Or in your thing, you right click and you click rotate PDF. So, yeah. you know, the fact is, and you know, there are people like, well, this is ageist and this and that. And you know, I counter, I was like, 
what do you mean? I was like, you're ages for assuming that old people can't rotate PDFs. You know, yeah. <laughs> like incompetent people can't rotate PDFs, yeah. you know, not old people. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll do stuff like that. But then today I called out, I think today, just the last post, I called out content creator because you see a lot of posts that go into talk about decreasing views. Oh, my views are down, views are down, views are down. Mm. And I straight up, I called it out. I was like, look, your views are down. I was like, you know, for all you who complain your views are down, go to Instagram, go to YouTube, go to Facebook, and then tell me about views. Go on YouTube, go publish a video, mm. and watch it get six views, and then tell me. You know, and I was like, look, most of the content creators are lazy. They're getting away with basic things. They, mm. They've had this thing where it was like easy to get views now it's like getting more competitive and it's like look that's what's gonna happen step up your content you know like i i don't have a decrease in content because i make sure i put effort and stuff into my content yeah you know and if i get a decrease it's like look what can i do with that and then even if i get a decrease oh my post got 30k now it's 15k okay cool where else am i gonna get 15k i'm not gonna get that on instagram and i was like look if you're a good con and you're gonna see there are a lot of content creators who get a lot huge followings on linkedin they can't crack youtube yeah. Like, how are you a video content creator on LinkedIn? You have a whole video agency. You can't get views on YouTube. Mm. You suck. You just got lucky that the video content on YouTube haven't found LinkedIn because yeah. they would have dominated you, right? Yeah. You, you're you lucky that, you know, you can't do, you can't hack it on TikTok because you actually don't have real skill, Yeah. right? So it's like these type of things. Like, I'm telling you, LinkedIn, it was like an easy person's game and now it's getting more competitive. So I'll call stuff out. And then I'll also talk about like, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. Like I'll talk about, look, like I work with a lot of minority clients. I've, you know, I made a comment, talk about how, like I've had clients change their names, like their name, like, you know, instead of going as Janiyah, they go as Jay, mm. right? Because again, you're, you know, there are plenty of resume studies that show that if you have a name that's ethnic sounding, you're less likely to get called for an interview. Yeah. And I've seen it all the time where my friend was actually commented. He said he knew a black recruiter, same resume, same thing, no callback. She applied to the same organization, same resume, changed the name, callback. Mm. What is that? You yeah. know, 100% it was the name. So, you know, I, I like to point out a lot of things, just share knowledge, share resume tips, share career tips, share insights like and into career. I. I like having diversity in content, and that's probably one of the reasons I haven't grown as much. But I like making sure that regardless of what you are, whether you're a job seeker, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether that you're still getting value from my content. Because there are some people who just focus on job-related content, but if you have a job, that's not helpful. If you're an entrepreneur, that's not helpful. So I try to have good diversity so that you know I'm pleasing all my connections. Yeah, because I mean, some of your connections are probably people like me that kind of just like vibe with what you're doing. But like, I yeah. I, I may not come to you for any kind of CV help because it's like yeah, yeah. what we you're said not. what we said earlier. I'm sending my CV onto somebody else who's just yeah. doing it to go. This is Sam. This is what he does. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, obviously, I'm sure I could send it to you and we could you know tweak it and make yeah, it 100 yeah. percent perfect. But I used to look at CVs not for a living, but part as part yeah. of my job to hire people. So I yeah, know yeah. what I like to see versus what I yeah, don't yeah. like to see. Mine's like bare bones. It's a it's a little bit more yeah, designy now. I've got you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. skills on this side my my yeah. you know my career here and then the next page is my qualifications yeah. and this and a, a career objective yeah, yeah. and all that you know no address because they're going to send me no post no no linkedin there all this yeah, website yeah, yeah. It, it's doing what it's meant to do right yeah, yeah yeah no of course but i think the reason why i sell that is kind of like you you've learned a lot of stuff it sounds like from just trial and error trial and error trial and error yeah, yeah. is there anything that you've tried that kind of didn't work out or something that you tried that you wish had gone differently ah uh. This is tough. I've tried a lot of things. I failed a lot. One thing is when I quit my job, I wish I started the resumes earlier mm. because, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's like you're always you're making money, right? When you start making money, but then you're always reinvesting. And it's always like a 
game of catch up, you know, where you're like making money. Like I've had months that, you know, at 15, 20 K hits the bank account, but I'm walking away. I'm reinvesting majority of that. Maybe I'll take a little, but I'm reinvesting, you know, like the 15, 20 K, you know, I have like, you know, workers, I have all that. So that's one thing like, you know, I wish I was more, I wish I made the money earlier and I wish I focused on those skills. You know, I wish I posted more earlier on LinkedIn. It was a free for all at a certain time. Like the views were just absolutely crazy. Pre-pandemic as well. It was a free for all. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. I mean, look, I I was posting on pre-pandemic, but Mm. I I started active on 2019. So if I, I barely posted the first six months, it was just all comments. But Mm. if I posted a little more, I probably would have doubled the followers. So that, but honestly, man, it's just like, I'm always testing and, I, see, I'm not testing for things to go right. I'm testing to learn. So that's like, I'm always, I'm. that's my thing. It's like, per, perfect is the enemy of the good, right? Perfection is an illusion. And as an entrepreneur, if you chase perfection, you're not an entrepreneur. Mm. You're just a lazy. And a lot of perfectionists are lazy because yeah. they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this when things are perfect. But things are never perfect. Mm. Dude, think about your favorite company. Their products you buy are not perfect, mm. right? And yet they're still making money. Look at your logo. The, no one, nothing's perfect good enough right yeah get it done get it out there improve it along the way so that's like you know so if i failed like you know i wish when i quit my job you know i wish you know i made the money earlier i was you know learn something but you know you go through that failure to kind of learn you know it's like i wouldn't have got to this point without that and what's your greatest takeaway from that type of you know choice of i wish i'd have been on LinkedIn earlier. So it made you kind of want to act on things fast to be like, listen, I can do this now. I have the facilities. Let me just. Yeah. Get, I mean, get look, I always act quick, you know, um, I've always been like that, but it's just one of those things that unfortunately you only have so much limited time. There's only mm. so much you could do that. It's just a part of life. You're, you're never going to be the first to be on a platform. And mm. then sometimes if you're first, you never even know if the platform is going to take off. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's just about doing, because look, you look at Joe Rogan, he got the Spotify deal. You know, they said it was a hundred million, but it could be rumored to be up to two, 300 million. Right. Yeah. Crazy Once you're deal. taking ads and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, no well, how much Spotify paid. Him. Oh, right. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like a crazy deal. Yeah. But think about it. He started podcasting in 2009 before mm. podcasting was even in India. Like, yes, there were podcasts around, but podcasts didn't really start growing to like, you know, 2017, 2018, and it's still growing. So yeah. it's like, and that's another thing. I wish I started the podcast earlier too. Like, mm. you know, I started 2019. You know, if I started like a year, a year earlier, it's so much easier to grow. I mean, look, I'm still doing well podcasting yeah. wise, but you know, there was a time like I've seen like people who just started 2017 and, you know, they grew crazy guests and stuff because mm. it was a new medium. Yeah. I, I do what it is now. I feel like it's, it's the same kind of thing that's with YouTube. It's where quality will outshine, you know, the people that are, you know, yeah, got got the big Instagram following or whatever. So yeah, yeah, oh, you've got a big Instagram following, but can you handle a conversation? Can you yeah. have an interesting banter that's not just kind of like inside jokes or you know stupid yeah, shit? Yeah, and yeah, that will get you so far because people might love you, and if you're good looking, then people might be obsessed with how you look yeah. or whatever. But as much as people give Joe Rogan a hard time, he gets great guests and he has yeah, yeah. amazing conversations with them. No, he's a phenomenal interviewer. Phenomenal mm. interview. I mean, look, now it's kind of he's kind of changed a little, mm. but when he does interview, he's phenomenal at interviewing. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I feel like that's a skill that a lot of people are lacking, or a lot of people are going, hundred oh, percent. Oh, me and my friends, we're hilarious. We're hilarious. Yeah, you're hilarious to each other. Yeah. Put yeah, some yeah. structure down, or at least have a basic concept that you can cling to, and that will yeah, give your show right. a bit more. You know, most people they'll rag on athletes, they'll rag on these. Oh, he's so bad interviewing and stuff. It's like, dude, go in front of the stage, go do an interview, 
and watch. Mm. Like you're gonna, you're gonna suck. You'll be like, ah, oh, ah, oh, yeah. During this, ah, oh, I, I struggled. Uh, I had a bad hair day. You know, it's like they're they're not gonna be eloquent. Like it's not easy. Well, yeah. Oh, so the best way to put it is, you go run around for eighty minutes, ninety minutes, or however long yeah. an American football game lasts. Sometimes that's, yeah, that yeah. thing lasts for three hours. Then you go and chat to someone about how crap or good you did. You're not interested in that. You want to go eat. You want to go shower. Yeah. All kind of stuff. No, so 100%. I, I love that people to always talk about, oh, if he'd only done this and that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you Shut can't up, do it. Dude. Exactly. <laughs> like if only you said, you know, if only you took a walk yesterday instead of sitting on the couch. You know, it's like, unfortunately, you're going to have a bunch of criticism. You're going to have all that. But, you know, the good thing is, look, the way I look at it is the more people who speak your name, the more you get yourself out there, yeah. the more you get paid. So, you know, these people contribute in their own way, you know, these expert chair analysts. And plus, they're always fun to make fun of. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent, but to br- to bring it back to the point I was trying to like yeah. get to is that especially with podcasting or content, let's just say content in general, a lot of people will have, especially now, everyone's got smartphones, right? So there's no excuse. You, yeah. you can always have great video, right, or decent video. Yeah, yeah. Of well, podcasting, you can record into your phone. So it's not so much about a, a lack of access to the materials to get the yeah, stuff yeah, on yeah. the on the platform. It's more about the quality of the content. Yeah, I've no. realized a lot of people think they don't need to have quality. They people think they need to have quantity. And it's like, realistically, if you have one good video every week, that's great. Yeah, but yeah. You could mess it up by having one good video every three weeks and then two bad videos in between that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I think you have to find the right balance of quality and consistency. Mm. Don't focus on quality so much that you sacrifice consistency yeah right like let don't say i'm gonna make one perfect video every month because here's the thing you can make perfect but that's not what people care about so you need to have some sort of volume to understand like what's good what's not good and you're gonna get better and then by doing more you're gonna get better and stuff Mm. right like if you look at anybody like even like a per think of uh, comedians right they go up on stage they do their things and all that the first that's not the first time they performed that skit Right? Yeah. They did it at the basement. They did it here. They did it there. So that's why it's like you want to look if you want the perfect speech. And even like I'm a professional speaker, you know, one of the things in professional speaking, you see these people with amazing keynotes. Mm. They've done that 50 times. They've done it 100 times. And the best time was not their first time. Yeah. It was their 50th time. So you have to find the right balance. Like don't put out crap every day, mm. but don't also focus on perfection to the point so that you only post one video every month or one video every three months. Because again, you need to have that a regular schedule. What brings you the most joy? in your line of work man you know this is this easy question to answer making a difference man i like when i see someone who hasn't got any jobs who thinks like they're at the you know they're not going to get anything or they doubt themselves and they're like wow i got something like for example i helped my friend's wife get a job at the un Mm. right and that was like her dream role. Like, you know, for what she wanted to, I mean, the UN, if you get into UN, that's like typically your dream role. Like what's higher than the UN? It's a job and, for life as well. Yeah. Look, they said she had to record a video, maybe like a few minutes. I forgot the exact video, but maybe mm. like a few minutes. They said her video was good and her resume was so good that she didn't have to interview. Mm. Just got the job like, straight away. She got the job. Like she didn't have to do a formal interview. So it was like, then it's like, wow, damn, I'm good. I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, I see some people who are like unemployed and all of a sudden they get a job. Like I helped this kid get a $64,000 raise. He was making $32,000. He now he's making 96 K. Yeah. You know? And that's like, wow. Like it, it changes life. You know, like 32 is like rice and beans money yeah. in NYC. And then the other one is like, look, I, I can have a lobster and steak here. There. Pop champagne and throw it yeah, out yeah. the limo. 
So it's just kind of just seeing these people who I've, you know, they've had these roles and, you know, I help them realize like, look, this is possible. Like I've gotten like last, this has been a recent, like I've gotten someone into Google who's, he was actually unemployed. He got a job at Google. Mm. I've gotten someone into Coinbase. I've gotten, you know, so crazy companies. And it's just like, damn, if only I was this good earlier on in my career, I could have got a job at one of these companies. Oh yeah. You know, so, but that's really, it's like, I can actually have a difference. I can make an impact. Like I've had people who are like, man, thank you. I, I, I wish I I knew you 10 years ago because you know i didn't have but thank you so much for what you're doing like i don't have a degree but you know you show me that it's possible like that's why i do what i do and that's why it's like the podcast is like i'm big on free content as so that because i know how it is man not everyone has the money to sort of pay me and that's fine but i want to make sure that they can still get value that's why it's like i have the podcast i have all these things and you know i want to keep growing man that's that's what drives me man just making a difference when I'm able to just help someone get a job, when I'm able to just change someone's mind and then help them realize like, hey man, we should really do this. Where can the people find you online? So follow the No Degree podcast on nodegree.fm. It's on your favorite platform, Apple, Pod- whatever, Spotify, all these other platforms. Uh, check out nodegree.com if you're interested in careers without college degrees. Follow me on LinkedIn. Send me a connection request, J-O-N-A-E-D. You're going to see founder of No Degree. You'll easily find me and just say, hey, I listened to you on Sam's show. I'd love to connect and I'll accept you. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.